Welcome to Quarantine Good, the only podcast that looks at things you've gotten into over the pandemic and decides whether you should keep doing them as you transition back out into the world or if you should never speak of them again. I'm James Hamilton. I'm David Twighty, and we are the two guys who will be judging how you've been spending your time. How you doing, James? I'm feeling good. I uh, I, I had a weekend of, uh, like away with friends. I forgot that was a thing you could do. That oh, you could man. like like go do something for uh, a weekend. Hold hands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all we did. We just sat around. We held hand and hands and breathed into each other's mouths. Uh, how are you doing? America's back, baby. I'm good. I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I've been like, it's been a big, uh, we haven't, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks. So like a lot of milestones. I went back to work in an office for the first time Wow. since this whole, since March 11th of last year or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. A lot, lot to talk about, but we, we have a very, we have a very good guest for you guys here today. Uh, comedian, podcaster, Jake Flores, everybody. Hello, everyone. It is a lovely day. Good to be here. <laughs> thanks for thanks for being here. Uh, how has you know how's quarantine treated you? How are you transitioning back into normal life? Uh, you know, I don't kind of cra- like crazy, but I I have I guess I have a guilt complex over it because there's parts of it where I'm like I fucking loved it, like yeah, <laughs> because I was so busy before the pandemic hit and like the only way to really compete and get ahead in any of the various things that we all do is to burn the candle at both ends and sort of like work a day job and then go work for eight hours being a comedian and a podcaster at night and all this stuff. And so because I was living like that for a long time and just like, you know, touring and stuff. And, and there's this thing in comedy where there's this constant pressure to like never stop because if you stop, you are, negative is happening you're by virtue of not doing anything you're falling behind everyone the idea that a global fucking disaster would happen and unseat that it was so attractive (laughs) to me yeah for sure (laughs) because you got to take time off and it wasn't you weren't losing because everyone was you know in theory supposed to stop or whatever so i and i was really into the like the gap year part of it because I had all this like, stuff I wanted to get done, and I was just like, never gonna happen, you know. It's like the ultimate snow day. It's like yeah. the ultimate snow day effect, where yeah. it's like, you know, this is a crazy thing, but I get to stay home. Just yeah. The, just the absence of FOMO for a year is like phenomenal. Where it's just like, what you, you can stop going. What else? What is everybody else doing? And it's like, oh, it's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, for, like, comedians, it's, there's, like, a hyper extra layer of that with, like, the stupid Malcolm Gladwell, I need to be doing my 10,000 hours thing. <laughs> right. But that's also what life is like if you're not, like, rich, really. Like, if you if you do, like, gig work and stuff like that, you get stuck into this weird thing where you're, like, you feel guilty anytime you're not, like, making money yes. or, or putting hours into the fucking DoorDash app or whatever. So, like... That was kind of broken, too, because they had to just give us unemployment and shit. So fucking fantastic, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I, it, there's, a, there's a line from the, the uh, David Berman's Purple Mountains album that came out last year or a couple years ago. That's when you're seller and commodity, you got to sell yourself immodestly. And it's Ooh. like the, just the having to be a product all the time is like pretty fucking exhausting. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely... I am feeling that I am out of shape doing that now. 
you know there's a there's the sense of like how do you get back on shows how do you get back out there in a way and i'm just like i'm i'm so out of shape from having to be a brand for myself instead of just i've like been a human for a year and that's pretty cool it's like weird it feels weird to go back right almost yeah. like it's unnatural to go back to living <laughs> like that yeah. we couldn't take the hint you know <laughs> <laughs> that is really the most tragic thing about all of this of just watching everyone learn fucking nothing and immediately revert back to the thing that you were planning on reverting back to whether it be one addiction or the other you know yeah yeah no god is sending us a message he doesn't want stand-up to go on he wants us all to make front-facing videos that's (laughs) (laughs) i really clear i couldn't help throughout the quarantine but think like this does seem like heavy-handed it seems like the universe is unsubtly like giving you a gift in this and no one like did anything with it it was like (laughs) one of those things where you just look at like humanity and you're like yeah this is a doomed species because this like obvious heavy-handed like almost like biblical sort of test is just being failed left and right (laughs) totally there were like those first few weeks where there were actually like I mean, the the joke became nature is healing, but there were actually images of like the environment doing better because people weren't out in there, and we were like, can't wait to get back to ruining that shit. You know? <laughs> I gotta get back out there. The yeah, this whole time is just like, should we change the way that we do some basic things? Should we change the way that we value certain things? Nope, we're back, baby. No. Should we change the way we you know get ourselves food and products and stuff? It's like no, let's just. Let's just teeter on just complete disaster at all times. And the only difference is that now we all know it. We all have that anxiety right there. Even on like a global level, like you really could feel that with the level of crisis that the world was in just government wise. And you were looking at it and going, this is how history changes. Like, Things yes. break on like a tectonic level, right. and then you are forced to reshape them. And you just saw Joe Biden up there, just like, just grinding his teeth, like, no, <laughs> no, not gonna do it. And he fucking pulled it off, and yeah. it was like held back the wheels of history. It was amazing. <laughs> Nothing yeah. fucking changed. It's, it's a very strong man. Uh, we, we did all watch Queen's Gambit, so I mean, it's not a total loss. Yeah, it's, yeah, we worked we worked in some good some good viewing in the, there. The thing that it's like the anti-vax thing is really getting very depressing to me at this point. Like that there was that uh, there was that store in Tennessee that was selling like the stickers that were like the Holocaust oh, stars yeah. that said "not vaccinated" on them. <laughs> And it's just like, wow, we just as a species can't fucking do anything together, huh? <laughs> no, that is so just like tacky at the very least. Yeah, I, th- I, I think a lot of people actually did find that to be in rather poor taste. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Jake, I'm curious, what what uh, quarantine activity are you bringing to us today? Okay, so my thing that I wanted to talk about with you guys is not so much like an activity. Like, I know a lot of people during quarantine are like, I'm going to learn to play the guitar, or I'm going to get really into making, like, you know, 3D printing or something like that. Mine is not a hobby as much as it was a quest. So <laughs> Okay, yes. I had this fucking thing that was killing me for a long time, but it required a lot of time to really work out. And when the pandemic happened, that was kind of a blessing because I was like, oh, my God, there's actually time to, like, sit down and make all the phone calls and yada, 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 work this thing out. So what it is is I had a sleep disorder. I guess I still have it. Um, And I was so, like, for the last few years before the pandemic – I was really starting to figure out that I have a legitimate case of what's called sleep apnea. And the thing is, Mm. it's hard. You would think, like, how do you not know that? But it's a thing that happens while you're sleeping. So it's like this Philip K. Dick novel type thing where you're like... (laughs) Perfect crime. (laughs) The other me in the shadow dream world is, like, dying all the time. And I have no idea. And he's, like, screaming at me (laughs) through the dreams. Like, fucking fix this, you know? It's so it started happening like I mean I would I was in like relationships I like you know whoever I was dating would like put on I noticed they were just like putting on like earplugs like they were going to watch the locust or something like they were <laughs> going to sleep and I was like is it that bad and then they would like you know fucking take a video of me while I was sleeping and show it to me and you know it's <laughs> like this insane noise concert is just happening every time i sleep well i'm sure that early on it's like embarrassing the first time you see it you're like oh shit i can't believe that's what i sound like and then it becomes i would guess probably a joke where you're like it's pretty funny that i do that yeah and then eventually you're like this is ac- this is actually a serious problem uh yeah. this is actually not good yeah and it, so it was like a whole arc and it was like it's weird also because like no one On TV, they depict a world where, like, I have a problem. You go to a doctor. He's wearing a white lab coat. They figure it out, and then there's a cure. This is not how anything works in real life. Different doctors told me different shit about it. Everyone had a different opinion. Every person I know was just like, you got to use echinacea root or whatever, man. And, like, like, no one knows how to fix any of this shit. So, like, I I figured out eventually, though, um, that I remembered my mom has really bad sinuses. And always had to go, like, get weird surgeries done, stuff growing up. So I asked her about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's, like, genetic. Like, we all have it. And so I asked her about it. And she was just like, I don't know. And I was just like, well, okay. Like, you just never did anything about this. All right. I, I had to take it upon myself to kind of look into it. And I, I think is I started noticing. I think I really started noticing it because I just started, like, nodding off at, like, open mics and stuff. I'd work all day, and then I would go try to do spots, and I'd be, like, literally exhausted. And people will tell you, ah, you're just getting old, you know? But, like, I started to put it together. I was like, no, 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 This is weird. Like, this is something else. You're not supposed to just pass out at a bar at, like, 5 p.m. or whatever. And so I started looking into it, and I started to get really, like, concerned. Because if you actually look into this shit, it's what's happening is you're dying, like, 35 times a night it's because you're choking like you can't breathe you literally die yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. so that's snoring the, the yell snoring i was doing was like Aah! 
oh, it's because I was like fucking choking and like, wow. well, uh, it fucks up your REM cycle. So you're supposed to get like REM cycles, but they get interrupted because you start choking and then like you wake up and you feel really unrested even though you rested like eight hours. And so I started put this together and then I started looking into it and it's like, if you don't fix this, if you just let this happen, the older you get, it leads to like all these like strokes and pulmonary conditions and stuff like that. And it's all the information is just out there. But this country is just fucked for, like, you know, medicine and, and the industry that's supposed to be in place to help you fix this stuff. So everyone's just like, yeah, you know, chew on a salt tablet or you'll be, I don't know, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm, like, some dumbass guy who works in restaurants and is, like, uninsured. So I had to start figuring out, like, how do I fix this? And so the first thing I did uh, was... Well, I guess before the quarantine, I had, like, got insurance. Like, I went and figured out how to get yeah. on Medicaid. But the thing is, Medicaid, like, if you're – you have to re-enroll every year. So I'd be on tour for, like, six months and then forget to re-enroll. And then I'd come back and I'd go to a doctor and they'd go, you don't have any insurance. I'd go, fuck, all right, I guess I'll try again next year. And it was, like, this <laughs> years-long process because yeah. you have to wait to re-enroll and all this shit. Yeah. So in the beginning of the pandemic, I started thinking about this. And I was like – okay now there's time like there's time for this long ass thing i can like i can yeah. put the like the, i can write the memento notes on myself and stuff and like remember <laughs> to do it because the other part of this that makes it so difficult is like there's a i can't remember what the myth is it's in ovid's the metamorphosis which is like that old greek epic poem that all yeah. of the all the greek you know metaphorical figures come out of like the argus with the million eyes it's a peacock and stuff like that there's a really good one about a guy who's trying to rescue someone from the castle of sleep and he's like this knight and he's like trying to go deeper and deeper into the the castle that's like ruled by this sleep demon it's badass and uh wow. that place the, sounds awesome dude it, it sounds really relaxing <laughs> but the problem is if you're trying to get something out of the sleep castle like you are, as the character are like constantly getting groggier and groggier the further you get into it that's a good metaphor i think for trying to fix like a medical problem in this country because it's yeah. like the thing that you're trying to fix is going to fuck you up and fuck up your ability to like concentrate enough to fix it so totally the quarantine really put me in a place where i was like okay wait a minute there's so much time like i can figure this out and like really organize a whole cork board and shit with doctors fucking <laughs> names on them and stuff yeah did you run into issues like at any point of like doctors being busy handling the pandemic like was did you have to wait for a certain amount of time before they started to like move past because early in the pandemic it seemed like you know, anyone with any level of doctor expertise was getting called to do, particularly here in New York City, was getting called into, like, the emergency room. Did you experience any of that, or was it kind of like, by the time you were doing this, it was it had kind of worked itself out? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the first part of the pandemic, it was like, oh, okay, well, one half of the problem is solved, but the other half is that now you can't go to the hospital for anything. That was yeah. a real thing. You couldn't go if you had, like, turned an ankle or something. It was, like, really dangerous. Or you were like maybe i'll get covid if i go down right there, so yeah, yeah. You shouldn't... That's... but they got i mean they had like refrigerated trucks outside the buildings like it was it was just i mean brooklyn was a nightmare yeah 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 i'd walk past the refrigerated truck full of dead people and be like i'm here for my snoring <laughs> disease <laughs> i'm very tired <laughs> please i'm so sleepy are they are those guys sleeping in there can i, can I hang out in there <laughs> 
Um, no, so the first thing I did, because that was, yeah, you're right, that was like a fucking roadblock at the beginning of this, was, um, so one thing that people say when you start reading the forums and shit about this is like, hold on, back up, you might not need to go through the whole process to get the CPAP oh. machine. You might be able to reset your jaw with this fucking weird, like, um, mouth guard thing. Wow. So right. what what you do is you get this mouth guard thing, and it's only like 20 bucks or something. You get it from Walmart, and you get like a piece of heatable, like, uh, epoxy resin plastic yeah. or whatever. I think you, I have one of these. You heat it up in the microwave, and then you put it in your mouth, and you just, like, squeeze it with your jaw for a while. And it, like, sets, and you make a cast of your teeth, and you, like, poke a little hole in it so you can breathe. And then you uh, you sleep with it, and if it's... if for some people, it, like, resets, it pulls your jaw. Because the problem, the thing, the reason this is happening is because, like, when you sleep, if you have a head that's shaped like mine, I guess, your jaw, like, sinks back, and then it fucks up everything. So what this does is it, like, you're like a boxer. It's cool. I, I had fun with it. I wore, like, a robe, like I was boxing and shit, and I put the <laughs> mouth guard in, and I'd go to sleep. But the problem is it just didn't fucking work. Like, uh I, my girlfriend at the time was just like, yeah, you still snored and shit. I still felt like shit. I was like, ah, all right. The magic bullet <laughs> thing didn't work for me, so I got to go the through the that, whole process. The thing that I'm picturing right now isn't a mouth guard. It's just that I've got, like, one of the more deranged YouTube ads that I've gotten is for this thing that you're supposed to, like, it's like a rubber ball that you chew on that's supposed to give you a more chiseled jaw. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I... The, <laughs> The further you get into, like, this equipment, the more it either looks like you are getting into, like, um, the blue velvet, the guy with it would just do the gas right. all yeah, day, yeah. or, like, Darth Vader, or just deranged sexual shit. Uh, you know, like the the ball gag from fucking Pulp Fiction or whatever, but it's, yeah. it's for my sleep, you know, when you're on an airplane. <laughs> Trying to reset my jaw here, except you can't say it. You can't say that because you got that in your mouth. No, 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 So, uh, calm down. So, you know, I, how did this, how did this resolve? That's what I, I'm curious, how this, like, played out. So I figured that that didn't work, and then enough time passed where it was like, all right, you can kind of go to a doctor. And um, I guess what I did was I went and I found this Russian guy who's all the way in fucking Coney Island. So I had to go to Coney Island every time I wanted to go see this guy. And he's got like a pulmonary clinic for, I don't know, I, it's, you know, everything in medicine is like ear, nose, throat, arm, like we're just, we specialize in 10 different things. So this yeah. guy out in Coney Island, I'd go to him, um, and it, like, he was cool. Uh, by the way, the first, <laughs> the first time I ever went out and tried to like get a doctor to diagnose me with this thing that I figured out I had, he, like, I had this guy in Brooklyn who, uh, was just like an old Brooklyn Jewish guy or whatever, and, like, I called him on the phone, and he was like, ah, you don't have sleep apnea. And I was like, I think I do. And he was like, you don't have sleep apnea, trust me. And I, sorry I'm doing the Star Wars offensive voice, <laughs> but I swear it to God. was Watto from episode one. <laughs> yeah. I swear that's what he sounded like. And, uh, <laughs> I showed up, and I was like, okay test me and he was like I, you don't have it only like 400 pound people have this uh and i was oh. like yeah and i was like that's not true and then he was like you don't have it and then he took a flashlight and he shined it down the back of my throat and he was like you might have it and, 
the weight thing is like such a weird blind spot for doctors. Like they it's crazy. doctors like uniquely despise fat people. And <laughs> yes. like they know they they like went to all this school and yet like they just like chalk so many things up to just that. Like you're not fat enough to have sleep apnea or whatever. And this is this resonates with me so much because I'm diabetic. I wasn't uh, diagnosed until I was 26. And essentially I had these, I had like a doctor who was looking at me being like, nah, there's no way you're diabetic. Look at you, you're pretty skinny. And I was like, I think it's more complicated than that. I feel terrible, please help me. You know, and they're like, nah, I don't think so. And then eventually they run tests and they're like, you're not doing well. You are very <laughs> diabetic. Um, yeah. And, and even, you know, for years after that, nobody could even tell me why I was diabetic because nobody would actually do any tests because they were just like, well, if you're skinny like this, you must be just this one type one that we read about in med school. And we're not going to actually evaluate this any deeper. <laughs> and so, yes, the, they, they have some real issues <laughs> with people's weight. But I think the thing that is interesting in this to me is like how crazy making it is to go to doctors where you're like, I know I feel like crap. I know something's wrong. Can you just like, listen to me for a second? And they're like, no, that's, it's fine. It's, you're okay. Just keep going. And how, gra like how affirming it is to have a doctor actually name the thing, just even to tell you that it's real is just so affirming. Cause you've gone through so long of them saying it's not. Yeah, and it's the other thing is like you know we you should take a moment and look at these individual doctors and like allow yourself to go that's a that's a doctor but that's also a person and you can yeah. tell a person shut up you're an idiot because it's like <laughs> medicine is right. very advanced doctors are still individual people nurses are still individual people yes. like mm -hmm. there there's this kind of just the white lab coat thing really bothers me because like there's people that just like completely check out with they relieve themselves of any agency and give themselves into like something like a psychiatrist or a doctor and stuff like that and it's like you have to have an active engagement in this stuff because they will sure. also fuck up you know it's they're humans and it's imperfect systems so I, that really happened to me with that guy and he was also he also he did another thing that's kind of up this uh alley which is that I, he asked me what I did for work, and I was a bartender at the time. And then he was just like, you got to quit bartending. And I was like, I, it's my job. Fuck you. I don't know how to – like, what do you mean, you know? Was, I didn't come here for this moral advice, you know? But um, he started Have telling me – Have you ever thought about specializing in feet? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Throats? You know, dermatologists make very good money, Jack. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll just go do that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was this weird thing where he was deflecting it real hard and he kind of put me, put it back on me and I was like, oh, all right. But then I just kept going for years. I was like, it honestly, it really started to occur to me when I'd be on tour because I would be crashing in people's houses who had never heard me sleep before. And they would be like very pleasant to me while I was at their house awake. And then in the middle of the night, I just wake up and someone's like banging on the door. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'd go, yeah, it's probably like really loud. This is probably like really abnormal. And also like, um... I just get really tired on stage sometimes and I would go, wow. uh, you know, maybe it's adrenaline, maybe it's like the road, it's traveling on mega buses or, you know, it's drinking too much or whatever. And the thing is, you know, sure, it is all those things, yeah, but you can, help, but... yeah, but you can like, um, you can really like, uh, put that stuff in front of the root cause of shit and then just like 
get into this weird like self-help thing like ah, i'm only you know i eat vegetables now and i only get tired a little bit or whatever and i just really got stuck on like this thing where i was like no i think this is the root cause i think this is like what all this other stuff are exacerbating and i don't know i just i like road comedy and i i I something about it was really bothering me. I was like, man, this sucks. There's like this monkey wrench thrown into the system where like I can't do this if I'm too tired to literally talk into a microphone. That's you have one job, it's very easy, you know. So it's really like coming to a head. And um when I went to that Russian doctor, he was cool about it and he yeah, he had like a better kind of take on it and he looked at it and he was like, Great, um, you know, but then starts the process of like when you do this, you have to come back like like the 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 legality of it it's so fucking stupid i you know i'm a stupid fucking leftist podcaster and shit and i could talk about universal health care or health care all day or whatever but like i wish that i was in the uk or something and because i think they would just give you the shit you wouldn't have to jump through all these weird hoops in the u.s when you do this sort of thing it's required that you do like a general checkup so like you're there i'm there to fix my throat but it's like i have to go the guy checks my lungs and you know eyes and shit and then you're not allowed to come back for like two months or something and then you come back two months later and they do like uh they make you take this like robot thing home and hook up to your nose and your fucking like think like a little sensor thing on your finger and shit like you're in a hospital bed and you have to sleep with it like overnight a few nights in a row and then bring it back to the hospital and, like, I fucked up and didn't do it one night because I was, like, busy or something. And then they started calling me, and they're like, do you have the robot? Why don't you bring the robot back? <laughs> yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, I didn't know I had to do it in, like, three days exactly. Like, all right, I'll do it, I'll do it, you know. And I did it, and I, by the way, I had gotten this far in the process before and then had my insurance tick back and lapse and then have to start all over. So it's been oh, going on wow. for fucking years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But this time, I did it. I took the little machine home, and then they go, okay, and then they read the results of it, and then they go, yeah, it turns out, look, you're dying like 30 times a night. You can see here, here, and here, and here. They go, I know. And then they go, okay, wait three months, and then come back to this other thing. And so I came back to the next step in the process, you know, fucking fall of last year or whatever. Oh, my God. And they're like, uh, oh, so the next step is they refer you to, like, another place, like a sleep center. Right. And you go in and you check in with them. And uh, when I brought the, yeah, when I brought that fucking home sleep study back, I brought it back to them and I was like, okay, can we move forward now? And I swear to God, I went all the way to this place in Park Slope, after having done all of this. And they were like, oh, hey, I'm sorry. It turns out we don't take your insurance. <sighs> and I was like, whoa, like, okay, like, what do you mean? Like, a doctor sent me here. I didn't come to you. I didn't find you right. because I looked up. And they were just like, yeah, your doctor fucked up. And I was like, well. And then I just yeah. looked at. And then I was just realized I was looking at some fucking cog in a machine. Like, some nurse. Yeah, and I was like, like all right. He's like, not doing this at you or anything. But it's yeah. just like, <laughs> this, is just, just, this is normal here. You just feel like you're in the Catch-22 or something. And you're like, ah, it's the whole machine, you know? Yeah. So, so fucking eventually like figured out through the original doctor i told him you fucked up and you sent me to the wrong guy they didn't take my insurance yada 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 and i figured out you can i thought i was gonna have to do the whole robot thing over again and then i figured out you can like subpoena that information and have it sent to another sleep center yeah. so i finally the the russian guy in coney island was like 
well, here's what you need to do. You need to find your own sleep center, and you need to find one that's near you because they're going to want it to be the one that's nearest you and find the one that takes your insurance and all this stuff. And so I went home, and I got on Google Maps, and I found the closest sleep center to me that does take my insurance, which is in, like, Bushwick in my shitty neighborhood, and it has one star on Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, any Bushwick medical practice is not is not doing great on Yelp, I don't think. Yeah, I don't remember the exact like ins and outs of this, but I I, I dated somebody who was like uh, who worked in medicine, who was a nurse and stuff, and I know a lot of like EMS types and stuff, and like Woodhull and the one on Wyckoff over there, and one other one, they all have for different reasons really specific bad reputations. I can't remember which one it was. I think it's Woodhull. <laughs> An EMS once told me. Are like their in joke is that we call that one the casino of life, which is <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it's like the castle of sleep. They should yeah. be yeah. attached to each other. Yeah, yeah. Those are actually are both really cool. I'm gonna start it like I'm gonna write a video game with both of these. <laughs> for sure. For but sure. the casino of life, as in you know, ding 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 ding. Like you might die. Like yeah. it's yeah. like throwing the roulette wheel or whatever. It's it's cool to like get hit by a car in Bushwick and then wake up in a hospital and be like, which which terrible place am I in right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I oh I need to write this stuff down somewhere or carry a card with me or something because I always forget like one of them is really bad if you are like injured and one of them is really bad if you're sick like they have like different reasons <laughs> I can't remember which ones they are one always tells the truth and one always lies yeah <laughs> I mean it's... but these medical places in in general it sounds like these are particularly bad but medical places in general usually have very bad ratings. Because nobody is going on there to be like, pretty good. I, uh, <laughs> I liked being in the hospital a lot. It was great. I and got an elective are, appendectomy. Yeah. <laughs> people are only like, I ended up here. I didn't want to be here. And then they removed the wrong organ. You know? And you're <laughs> like, they're only saying terrible. Th they're only documenting the bad things. But when insiders already were, you know, e other EMS, other medical people know that these are bad, <laughs> that's when you know. It's uniquely awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the real bad sign. I mean, that is a good point, because you don't usually yelp a, like, a, a medical clinic. So, no, yeah. if you anyone that had a good experience just leaves. They're not like, I need yes. to go, you know, tell people about this or whatever. Right. So... <laughs> I went to this little dingy, dirty place, and it was like, it was, I don't know, it was pretty gross. It just felt like, um, I mean, you go in, and there's a bed, and you sleep on it with all the tubes and shit hooked up to you, and like, you know it's just different people sleeping in that bed, one after the other, every <laughs> night. Most of them are probably old and dying and shit, so it is like, not cute. It is gross. Yeah, yeah. Um... But it was uh, it was it was all right. I did the thing, stayed overnight. They told me, yeah, thirty times or whatever. Um, some weird nurse that worked there, uh, you know, asked me about my T-shirt. I was wearing one of my friend Rory Blank's T-shirts that he makes. It's just got like a a cat on it with a knife in its mouth, and it says like Crime Lord or something. And she was like. <laughs> trying to like make small talk she's like oh what is crime lord like, hey, it doesn't matter you know <laughs> please just help me sleep yeah. i i was just, there so a at this point like what is the count on how many institutions you needed to tell you what you already knew at this point are we up to three or four like 
like in the process of it working, I this is like the third place I've been to. But I, like, so this that's is if you don't include successful attempt. Yeah, yeah like that's if you don't include like the other studies that I did and the other uh, doctors that I talked to. I guess this is like, yeah, this is uh, the third location. You know, mm-hmm. you went to the the doctor and then they referred you to the sleep person and then they referred you to the sleep center or whatever. Was there a night? Or even sleeping at this place on the deathbed where, you know, all the everybody else had been sleeping or whatever. Was there a moment where you went to sleep, you had this machine hooked up, and you woke up and you're like, oh, that's how sleep is supposed to feel. Yeah, for sure. So this night was the first time that I had, like, a full-on, like, CPAP thing hooked up to me. Uh-huh. And I went in at, like, 9 o'clock at night, and then I let you go at, like, five in the morning and i got up and then i stepped out into the disgusting streets of bushwick and there's trash everywhere and i was like wow what a beautiful day because like <laughs> it's the first time i had felt that in a long time and it's weird because every once in a while i think i would fall asleep and crash at some weird angle where it like it kept my throat open and so i would wake up sometimes Honestly, like, this is fucked up, but after, like, doing drugs and shit, because I think it was just, like, burning a hole, like, if I was doing coke or something, it would burn a hole straight through and actually cause me to breathe better sometimes. So every once in a while, I would wake up, like, at when I shouldn't feel good, but because I f- did something so weird, it, like, knocked something loose. So I've felt it before. I know what it feels like to feel well-rested, and I definitely felt it after the CPAP thing, though, that first night, and I was like, okay... I, this is real. I'm not like imagining this. Yeah. Like this is a this is how you're supposed to feel in the morning. And then I had this whole fucking walk home at like five in the morning when it was disgusting outside and shit. Where I was like, yeah, I feel great. Like this is like a wonderful, you know, it was such a pleasant like walk through the neighborhood while it was still dark out and stuff. And uh, and then I kind of knew like, all right, I need to get this goddamn machine because this is what you're supposed to feel like every day. You know? Yeah. Wow. And I, uh, then, you know, yada, 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 like, there's not really much of a story here, but there was just, like, a lot more red tape. I had to keep calling the place and go, like, did you finish running my shit, you know, did you get, get, can I get the fucking machine yet or whatever, and it just took, like, forever because they, like, wouldn't call me. They'd be like, oh, shit, whoops, you know, yeah, totally, I'm gonna order it now, and it took months and months and months, and then finally, like, a month ago, I... Oh, just a month ago. Yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole fucking year, you know. Yeah. I've always said that if you, you know, I say this as a diabetic, but I think it's probably it's probably true for any condition that like having a a a health condition is like running your own small business if you're in the United States. You have to be on the. It's like having another job in that you're having to call, you're having to manage like packages you're having to like fill out more paperwork you're having to it's like i could have with all the time that i've spent resolving my own health issues absolutely could have made like a whole empire of other small businesses that would you know have been very successful with how much paperwork and time i've put into this yeah they put some of it on you the only the the only experience i've had in recent years that this really reminded me of is when i had to uh get legal so i could get like my driver's license a few years ago and it like i literally had to use like lawyer friends of mine kind of illegally in their free time to like help me track down tickets that i had in small towns in texas and like fax shit you you learn how to be a lawyer in the process of doing that and you learn how to be a fucking 
hospital worker in the process yeah. of this shit. And it's so stupid. They just shove all this stuff off on you that should be like somebody else's job, you know? I mean, it's not only that. Like, there's so many people whose jobs are just to generate these kinds of obstacles. Like, it's like yes. the whole function of so many different positions with it. I mean, it's medicine, but it's also everything else. No, it's the private system. It's fucking stupid. Like, there's so much red tape that is just for the sake of, you know, someone needs to make an extra dollar on top of it or whatever. But what I'm hearing here is that you are leaving quarantine more rested than you've been in years. So far, so good. So they called me and they were like, you know, you get to come pick it up. And I was like, you're not just going to mail it to me? They're like, no, I had a bike to Queens and uh because they show you how to use it or whatever but it was pretty cool I mean, it was a nice day out so i rode my bike down to queens and i got this how, little how machine. big of a, of a package is this like, it's uh it's right it? behind me i'll show you it's okay uh, so i bought a um a bed frame also over quarantine so i'm trying to sleep better and stuff and like yeah. a nice mattress and so yeah. I, I got one of those ikea frames with a little drawer underneath it like the rollout drawer yeah and that's where i keep it so it works so i just pull out the drawer and shit it's working pretty well so this is called <laughs> A Philips, or, I'm sorry, yeah, Philips Dream Station 2 is the, <laughs> <laughs> the name of the machine. So, How are the graphics younger, on that thing? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, if you were younger and somebody says, hey, in 15 years, you're going to have a Dream Station 2, you'd be like, tight. So, it, Jake, and then later it... it's like, it keeps you from dying numerously, like, numerous <laughs> times throughout the night. <laughs> So Jake just introduced us to, for the listener. He just introduced us to the CPAP machine. It looks like it's like Roomba sized. Yeah, it's, like a, that's like, exactly like, what I thought when I saw it. Yeah, it's like a loaf of bread. It's the size yeah. of a little like roundy loaf of bread. It's pretty small. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I wish I had gotten this problem fixed earlier in my life. But I guess the kind of nice part about it is that as the as the technology advances, I think they used to look like a 1970s computer. Like the whole. Yeah, that's what I imagine. I when when you were about to pull this up, I was imagining like a 1970s computer slash respirator from a hospital with like Cold War era like <laughs> metal on it and a bunch of old like air pumps and things. And this was like a pretty sleek little machine here. Up until this th this point, I thought you were describing sleeping in an iron lung. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's what I'm describing, actually. <laughs> yeah, with the the pump thing that goes up and down next yeah, to it, right. <laughs> like in Big Lebowski. Yeah. So there's another part to this about the evil private medicine industry. So when you get one of these things, right? If you get it through your insurer, they give it to you, but it has a microchip in it that reads and narks on you and records like whether you use it every night and how many hours you use it. And if you don't use the requisite hours within a month, they repossess it or oh they make God. you spend like a thousand dollars on it. Oh my it or whatever. God. Wow. Isn't that fucked up? That's the idea of crazy. use it or lose it being an actual policy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, it's so dark, dude. There's like, it comes with an app so you can track your fucking whatever on your phone and stuff. But, like, it's, like, gamified. It's like, yes. oh, you hit your hours. You reached a new goal. Get a badge or whatever. And it's like, I'm just trying not to fucking die. Like, why does it have to be a Silicon Valley Fitbit thing? Yeah. You know, where they, I mean, and it's the gamification is masking the fact that it is, like, narking on you 
to a company <laughs> for the purpose of trying to get another thousand dollars out of you, which right. is fucked up i mean i gotta admit that kind of shit always works on me where i can look at a little graph and it's like oh look at me go when i first started riding my bike i downloaded strava which is one of those apps where you like record your rides and stuff and i was using that for a little bit and then i would just like forget to end rides and then i'd look at it again and it would just recorded everywhere i'd been for like the past two days (laughs) yeah that's how you get those apps that you know are, are essentially like gamifying your water intake, which I think yeah, is right. like a relatable thing, but feels so dystopian that it's yeah. just like, if you don't play this fun game with fun graphics, I will die from dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> I need the game or I won't drink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's fucked up about it is that I'm angry at that. It is dystopian and evil, but it also is a fun video game. Like I do enjoy <laughs> totally, video games, totally. so it's yeah. kind of working. It's just, I'm mad that it works. But once you do that for like three months, then they fucking they they stop. Like they just give it right. to you. So I I'm, I'm getting close to. I think I have two more months to go, and like I'm still like I'm I think I'm still adjusting to it because what's been happening is yeah you do have like a first few days where you're like oh my god this changed everything. But that's also like a psychological thing that yeah. people just do whenever you fix anything, and you're like right. this was the source of all my problems. So it's somewhere in the middle, but I think right now what's happening with it is that I'll put it on and I'll sleep for six hours or like five or something like that. And my body's still fucked up. It expects the fucked up sleep now. So I wake up after sleeping for five hours and I'm like, all right, time to go. This is crazy. Like, and I can't get back to sleep. And then Mm. I get tired like later in the day. So there's like, I don't know. There's, I think you just, it like takes a while for you to like unfuck yourself or something. But like, like your gas tank got smaller over the course of this or something. Yeah. What's in the, the most fucked up thing about this is that that, that phenomenon of going like wait a minute this is what normal people feel like all the time the worst instance of that is when i went out and got drunk with some friends once the quarantine kind of opened up and i drank like pretty heavy like you know i had a cobra club night and i went home and i used the cpap machine and when i woke up i felt kind of okay like not nearly as bad as i was before but then it made me realize all those days in the last like fucking 10 years that I felt like I was dying at work from a hangover. That's not what a hangover feels like. That's like a third thing. I was like, I wasn't supposed to be walking around like that all day. And I started looking into it and like people, people say like, uh, I don't know how true this is, but this is just something I read. Like, yeah. it like, if you're not oxidizing the alcohol in your body with oxygen, that it's like not processing. So you wake up with like this, still like liquor in your gut and stuff like that and it's wow. like why wow, you felt like shit for the three days which is this is not good i'm not saying get a cpap machine so you don't get a hangover and you can drink more <laughs> just, it's a huge hit with college kids just like frat boys just getting cpap machines no i have really bad apnea i swear <laughs> <laughs> i but so i tested i kind of got really like excited about that for a week and i I found the limit. I like hit the wall. <laughs> yeah. I found out how many how many drinks I can drink and actually then still really feel like shit even with the CPAP machine or whatever. But it was a game changer to be honest with you. Like I just feel better overall no matter what I do with the thing now. So um, yeah, to answer your question, that that this is the idea is that I'm emerging from the quarantine like a like a fat guy CPAP butterfly that's ready to <laughs> live for the first time. 
I mean, so like if we're trying to like put this on the board, I mean, this has to go like pretty much at the top, I think. Like taking advantage of the extra spare time afforded by quarantine to uh, navigate the labyrinth of the American medical system seems like, I mean, not like a pleasant experience to go through. Incredibly but, not pleasant. But a pretty, I, it's like, it's sort of hard for me to think of like, what would have been a better way to use that time than treating a serious health condition? I think that's such a good point. I cannot imagine a better use of time <laughs> than this. I think if anything, if we're factoring it in, it sounds like a maddening odyssey that perhaps <laughs> in and of itself took off some time of your life uh, just in terms of navigating this bureaucracy. But I still like the end product, the idea that you came out with like, a diagnosis officially with from a doctor and a plan and a tool to improve on it it's pretty hard to argue on that plus you got to go to coney island which is the <laughs> happiest fun. place on earth. you got to meet a russian doctor and that's fine <laughs> i don't care who mm, you are yeah that's I'm going to take my machine on the, the roller coaster at coney island <laughs> get the picture <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, James, I gotta say, I mean, all due respect to Kenise Mobley, but I think that this actually even goes above, uh, getting into weed during the pandemic. <laughs> I, th I think so. I, I, oh. I'm trying you can, to... You can win this podcast? I won? That's <laughs> yeah, cool. you won. You did. <laughs> yeah, the bad thing is that you have to contact Kenise Mobley, who's a competitive person, yeah, and you have right. to tell her that you have defeated her. She might her. come after you, but... Yeah, she's not gonna take news that you defeated her well. She's going to blow weed into my CPAP machine while I'm sleeping? <laughs> uh, I do no, think... she doesn't smoke. She's strictly edibles. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I do think that it is funny that at the top of good are things like therapy, weed, CPAP machine, doing yoga. It's like, okay, we all knew what the good things were coming in as it was. Yeah, um, right. We could have known, but I, I, I agree. I think this is... Uh, the new challenge. I do want to, because we're talking about sleep, I think if we were to visit the bottom of the board real quick and look at telling people about your dreams, which we currently have as the worst thing possible, we have that as equal to Tiger King. There's no way that telling people about your dreams, we've talked about this, David shamed me, we put yeah, it at the bottom this... board, but while we're talking about sleep, We've talked about how important sleep is. We've talked about how it, yeah. We've talked about this for now a while. I would like to propose that we move that up even a little bit. I propose that we- Okay, I'll put it, I'll put it above every Saw movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. But it's still under almonds? It <laughs> for now, we, okay. can, we can reassess later. But... Okay, all right, I'm okay with that. Um, Jake, does that feel good to you? I mean, yeah. You didn't know you were going to win a podcast today, but how do you I, feel about this placement? I mean, I, that feels great. Are you kidding me? I like to win. I'm a new man. <laughs> I can sleep at night, and I'm a new man, and I like to win. Yeah, this is a new chapter where you just go around defeating other comedians because uh, you're so nice. <laughs> Jake, uh, where, can, uh, where can people find you and your, your stuff? Oh, my handle on all social media is at feral jokes, feral like an animal, jokes like jokes. Uh, it's an anagram for my name, and don't follow me on Twitter unless you want to see a bunch of bullshit because people really hate me on there. <laughs> um, uh, my podcast, 
about leftist politics and shit with comedians is called Pod Damn America, and my other one is called Why You Mad. I do it with my friend Luisa Diaz. It's about philosophy and comedy and shit like that. And uh, I, yeah, just follow, it's social media. I put my shows up there when I do stand up and stuff. That's it. Um, you can uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at Twitey T V E I T E. Uh, I'm starting to have more. I'm starting to have some actual stand up dates. So uh, go to my website, davidtwitey.com. Um, yeah. What about you, James? Uh, I'm at the Jam Ham. You can find me there. Uh, my weekly stand-up show is back. It's called Good Delivery. It's at Gertie in Williamsburg. David's going to be on it soon. Uh, we'd love to have Jake as well soon. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, tune in. We have lots of great comedians. That's every week, so you can find that there. But for the most part, you can find David and, and I. You can find David and me. You can find David and me right here. Every what do you know, buddy? <laughs> I'm falling apart. Uh, <laughs> we made it the whole episode. Now I'm, the wheels are coming off. Uh, but you can find us here every week. Uh, and uh, have a good one. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. This is a great time. Quarantine Good is part of the Authentic Podcast Network. Please like and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. And tune in next week. <laughs>